You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we're building a health and fitness resource by trying to answer a single question every week, just based on what we already know. Or maybe what we think we know. Then we bring in the world's leading expert to tell us what we got right and what we got wrong. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. Wow, I feel so official. I don't really like listening to myself. (laughs) Welcome. Uh, We have Kale Beck with us today. Um, we're breaking format because we've just been doing a lot of that lately. That's uh, our, our new format is a broken format. I don't really like the term or saying or whatever, like rules are made to be broken. Cause I feel that's a, like a little shithead say that. Yeah. But, um, formats maybe are made to be broken. I think formats are made to be broken. Or they're made to transform. Yeah, exactly. And uh, w- you need to be able to, uh, uh, make some adjustments on the fly and, uh, produce your best show. So this is going to be. A good show. Unique people, unique context, unique timing. Yep. Um, someone who's been in the game for a very long time. I remember when I first started finding out what real strength training was about, probably about 10 years ago, I guess. Um, I came across, uh, I don't know if it was your website or maybe in the Facebook group, actually. But it was definitely uh, something to do with you and Strongman. Shit, well, I guess we're in 2020. Yeah, it was probably 2010. Yeah, it was probably uh, some stuff i did with juggernaut back then i was even pre-juggernaut uh, i think it was pre-juggernaut. i've always been on the internet i've always been on the internet somewhere you know what was the first internet content you were creating like just blogs you think uh, I, was, I put up really really bad youtube videos just my training with like a flip cam uh, and like uh training logs on like t nation and stuff like that i think it was probably t nation then because that was like the first probably. website i felt legit reading when I was like yeah, nineteen or something, you know, and now it's it's a little weird, but uh, yeah, everything yeah, I've you... done started there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, that are have now of... evolved. So how'd you get involved with T Nation then to even start this thing off? Um. Well, before that, like I was like just trying to find anywhere to online to find stuff to work out, and I think it was like looking on like the Men's Health Forum. That was real bad, <laughs> and then I think someone linked to there, and I was like, this seems more like you know legit like seem a little more hardcore strength focused like that and i just it just it was kind of the hub back then so it's where you know i just uh go to read information and met a lot of people and kept various uh training logs i hope no one goes back and tries to find now <laughs> i hope they do but, <laughs> i really hope they do and then i hope they tweet you and talk shit yeah i think i juggernaut and stuff I think I had links to them or like a sponsor in one of my YouTube videos. And I think they banned me. I don't think I'm even on there anymore. <laughs> oh my God. Really? It goes full circle. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I could be wrong. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. And I remember like way back in the day, um, Phil Stevens was a, like the, maybe the mm-hmm. first moderator on there. On T nation. On T nation. Yeah, absolutely. That's so weird. Yeah. That was some, weird stuff where you didn't even know he was a moderator. You just thought he was just some guy that hung out little, you know, and just answered questions and stuff. Little did you know he was, it was his job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I ended up meeting him. Uh, strong man. Uh, even now, even though I, I would say that uh, strength, the strength game's weird. And since a lot of us have been in this in a while, it goes through these weird fluctuations where in, in the, I guess, big four or five, what do we got? Bodybuilding, Powerlifting, weightlifting, CrossFit, strongman. I guess we could be the big five now of strength training. 
strongman yeah, still yeah i mean strongman's still the niche although like the smallest of the five i would say maybe weightlifting doesn't really matter point is now on the internet at least the big dogs in strongman are, are arguably the most popular people in all of fitness uh potentially yeah it's strongman's always been in a weird thing where i'd say it's the smallest as far as a participation standpoint but it's the biggest as far as exposure you know it's on cbs still it's played in in the uk on their you know channel five all the time there's multiple documentaries now uh you know rogue uh is live streaming the arnold and they just did arnold santa monica there's you know, there's they're selling out arenas. None of the other strength sports are selling out arenas. You know, not in not in America, but yeah, you know, over in England they are. You know, ten thousand, twelve thousand seats for Europe's Strongest Man. So it's the biggest in the way in a way, but it's just uh, it's the hardest to break into, and it's it, it requires the most stuff other than let's say CrossFit. But so it, it's it's in a strange place in that way. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, as a as a as a viewer, as a consumer. Um, it's by far the most interesting to watch. Like powerlifting meets suck, weightlifting meets suck. CrossFit uh, can be entertaining, I think, depending on you know the randomness they kind of throw together. Some events are really entertaining uh, visually, and some aren't. But I feel like Strongman, and maybe correct me, um, but the history of it was always kind of to start as a show, right? You take a bodybuilder, a football player, and a golfer, and they're all doing freaking keg tosses or something. We got newfangled equipment. Yeah. Yeah, I can't hear you, Jim. You can't hear me now. No, but yeah. if it's recording, I can figure it out. Yeah, it is recording. Yeah, you you can't hear me at all, huh? No, nope, not through the headphones. All right, that's nuts. But I can uh, I can deal with it. Now can you hear me? Nah, very quietly and scuffed. It is all scuffed. That's what I'm concerned about right now. Yeah. Do you think it's scuffed in the recording though? I'm afraid it is. Uh, I can't tell. Uh-oh. While we're trying to resolve this technical problem, why don't we take a little break and have you listen to the people who make this program possible, our sponsors. Okay. Everyone knows the quality of your sleep impacts your entire life, from how you feel to your performance at work and in the gym. If you're not getting quality sleep, you're not performing your best. I actually have, uh, I have always had sleep issues. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's, it's always, sleep has always been a little bit of a problem. And uh, I started taking uh, Remrise when they provided it to us, and it has helped. Actually, I even took it on my trip to, um, to the East Coast. So change time zones, and that's usually the hardest time when you're some jet lag. Jet lag, yeah, yeah, and it really helped. I uh, used to growing up always had issues falling asleep, but as an adult, I had more issues staying asleep. Um, and Memorize, one, it gave me more dreams, and I don't know much about sleep, but I think when you're dreaming, you're in that deep sleep. and Or if you remember them, I don't know. I'm no doctor, but I did uh, wake up a lot less uh, during the middle of the night, and that... You know me, I'm skeptical of most things, but uh, I did get longer, uh, deeper sleep. Remrise, uh, for those that don't know, is a personalized sleep solution that uses natural plant-based formulas to help calm the mind, relax the body, and get your circadian rhythms back on track for a better, more restorative sleep. Totally drug-free, no side effects. I woke up feeling great. Um, I've taken like melatonin purely in things, even though that's quote-unquote natural, but sometimes you feel a little groggy. Uh, this thing, I, I, I woke up feeling totally awesome. Um, all you have to do is go to remrise.com slash facts, and there's an absolute free quiz 
you take. It's really quick, really easy. Uh, and then it'll lay you up with a profile, the type of like sleeper you need or uh, what type of assistance you need. Um, and basically allows you uh, and they'll give you the formula. Uh, Remrise also comes with an awesome digital app that you can use to track your sleep progress and help work towards your goals. Um, you guys can go check out that quiz right now. Do what we did. Check it out. Remrise.com slash facts. Um, take the quiz. Sign up. 25% off your very first month at Remrise. That's 25% off remrise.com slash facts you won't find an offer like this anywhere else ladies and gentlemen 25% off remrise.com slash facts today okay valentine's day is just a couple of days away but there are plenty of times during the year that you should be giving that special someone or a group of special someones some flowers or gifts. Spooks is a really great way to accomplish that. They have, on top of flowers, they have other types of gifts. They have plants. They have candy. If you're like we are, you have to you have to think about things ahead of time, and sometimes that doesn't really work. And having Books be able to provide this service to get a gift to someone you care about without you thinking about it anymore. You pull it in your order, and they take care of getting it there. You don't have to like slog flowers and stuff around in your car you don't have to worry about how heat or how hot or how cold it is to uh, keep them fresh uh, books delivers fresh to your door great valentine's day special going on right now at books that's b-o-u-q-s not everyone wants roses for valentine's day they got treats they got plants gifts and succulents uh, blooms and different gifts starting at just 39 dollars uh, books co is nationwide and offers next day as well as same day delivery in case you guys are slacking on your gifts or just forgot something or someone as we all live very busy lives and right now you can get 25 percent off your order at books co go to books co go to books.com facts with code facts that's b-o-u-q-s.com slash f-a-c-t-s with code facts and get 25 percent off right meow with their happiness guarantee, Books makes sure that you will love, or in the person that you're actually trying to impress, will love the flowers and have a great experience. Go to books.com slash facts and use the code facts. I hate technology. Yeah, me too. All right, let's let's just roll on and, and, and hope figure for it the, out and hope for the best. That's what I'm going to do is hope for the best. I don't know what dumb things I was saying. I was probably saying something like. Um, strongman and CrossFit seem to be the only ones that can gather an audience for apparent reasons. I agree with them. Powerlifting's boring as shit. Yeah, weightlifting's boring as shit, especially to watch. I mean, to to practice is a little bit different. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but strongman basically was made as a visual. Like the sport started as purely exhibition to be entertaining. Yeah, it did. It, it's. You know, there's always like old strongman feats, which was basically circus acts, which again was entertainment. But, you know, World's Strongest Man was a TV show first, and it spawned a sport off of it, which is the opposite of most sports. So it's set up to make, you know, feats of strength seem, you know, visually appealing and more relatable to average people. You know, no, no one can tell what a, you know, 600 pound and 800 pound deadlift are but if you put an extra pair of truck tires on them it's heavier right so that, that's that's basically how strongman set up it's it's and it's the best thing going for it, and it's the worst thing against it because it makes it seem 
superhuman and, you know, larger than life, which makes people think that there's no way they could do it. But at the same time, it's why it's cool and why it's why you'd want to do it. Yeah, I think at the level we're at now, too, where the talent pool's grown, it is superhuman. I mean, if you look at the top five freaks in the world, like, they're literally the size of NBA players plus muscle. Like, it is highly intimidating. Luckily, they're all super nice guys, and obviously all of us have met many of them, and they're cool. But you're right. It's like, I don't know, actually. It's just weird psychologically, too, going on the point you are. Because people watch LeBron James play basketball, and they still want to go play basketball. But I could easily see a regular person seeing Brian Shaw chuck a keg and be like, nah, I don't really want to do that. I can't really, I can't keep up with that monster. Yeah, but... You know, you start to play basketball just because, you know, it's fun. And I think you do it as a kid and you, you know, you probably have that little bit in your head that, oh, I, maybe I can be that good or, or whatever. Or, you know, strongman you're going to generally get to once you've already played other sports. Or, man, I get a lot of, uh, you know, teenage kids saying, you know, I want to try to do this, but you, I want to see if I could go pro within a year. And it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> this sport. This sport's really hard. There's, you know, other than those top three guys who are just now probably, you know, making a pretty decent living at it. Yeah. There's not a lot of benefit, especially compared to other sports, how much it tears your body up. So you better fall in love with being an amateur first if you ever (laughs) want to be pro because that's the only reason you're going to keep doing it that long. It's just, it's something you you have to like to do it. You know, you have to be a, a little off. I think you can do it now in a healthy way but for the most part you gotta it's painful a lot of the the training i did and that's what i loved about it you have to you have to like that to some degree you know but you have to be a little bit of a masochist is what you're saying you really do i mean you want to put a couple times your body weight on your back and try to run as fast as you can with it it doesn't feel good (laughs) how could it right yeah, these are weird sports too, just because of obviously how the human body works and adaptation. Like you literally can't rush it. Like basketball, I mean, obviously you can't go to the NBA and rush it, but like if you you could spend in, infinite amount of hours playing basketball and get better. Like you can shoot free throws for ten hours straight and and still improve. Mm-hmm. You can't do a yoke walk for more than half an hour, and not, then you start to not improve. Right? You're going to get too banged up. I, I made up the half an hour, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like a certain yeah. amount of time. Like you can't do three strongman sessions a day for the re- for every every day and try to get better because you're going to explode. Yeah, it, it, you're not going to last very long. Uh, and Marius Pujanowski trained like twice a day but that's a whole other you know just look at them and and the sport is very different than it was more speed and endurance uh but that's one of the biggest mistakes everyone makes is they try to train all these stuff too heavy and if you talk to almost anyone they don't do you know we stay below 70 80 percent of contest weights for most of training and you train those kind of events for speed because then you can get more overall volume if you're doing you know, a contest weight yoke and, you know, heavy Atlas stones every week, you're not going to be able to train in two days, you know? So you have to train them lighter and they are speed events and that's where everyone gets mixed up. And, you know, when I'm training people that they're like, why, why am I only doing this? It's, you know, it's just, uh, it's hard to get that into their head, but it's so you can do more overall volume over the training cycle. I'm, I mean, it's the same. It's just sub-maximal training and it really works well for strongman with, with something where, you know, any amount of volume really tears you up. But, you know, people are slow to adopt that, but, you know, the, the smart ones do. So how did you get interested in this masochistic sport? It was actually 
funny enough, we go, we'll circle all the way back to T Nation. I saw a training log from someone who had just got done competing at World's Strongest Man under 105 kilograms. So that's 231 pounds. And that was considered a lightweight back then. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, that seems more attainable. Again, you know, it seemed more relatable. You know, I'm 5'7 and I weighed, you know, 190 ish pounds back then. So I was like, if, you know, if I trained really hard, I could be, you know, I could get up to like 220 and jacked and strong, like if I really tried. So after that, I just spent the whole rest of the night just Google searching. You know, I, I don't even know if it was Google back then, but just Yahoo. searching everywhere I could. Yeah. <laughs> was a ask Jeeves Um, (laughs) and you know just looked everywhere I could I found uh you know I think it was called North American Strongman it's now Strongman Corporation Mm -hmm. it's the one of the major sanctioning bodies in the United States the only one back then and I looked at past contests and I saw that there was one in Santa Cruz California which was you know right near where I grew up and then I I mean I I I went deep. I looked at the competitors list and I found someone that was in Santa Cruz and tried to find them. And then, uh, I got his email from the promoter. It was Evan Hansman. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, we set up a date to go meet him up in Scott Valley. And then I, and I drove up there and there's a park and it was just, there was just nothing but like giant truck tires, you know, tractor tires and like stones up on a wall as you drive amidst like all these redwood trees off off the 17 in Scotts Valley. And then, you know, I just go in there. There's this, you know, guy who's six foot six with, you know, a shaved head and a big old beard. And he looks at me, he's like, so you want to do strongman, huh? Huh. You know, cause I, you know, I was, you know, five, seven and kind of doughy, you know, 190 pounds. And he, he's like, all right, I guess we will. And I, I don't think I've ever been more beat up than I was that next day. It was it was horrible, but then I I drove an hour and a half every time I could from there until I bought all my own stuff, you know. But yeah, it was it wasn't close, it wasn't accessible, um, but it's just something I for whatever reason I decided I wanted to do, and I just loved doing it and kept doing it. I wasn't very good at it for a long time either. You um got very interested in uh, in beginners at some point all right and your your business now is starting strongman right Mm -hmm. yeah so why i i made uh, the website starting strongman is you know as i started to grow in the sport and people were asking me questions you know i um you know and started i got on instagram before you know most lifters were and so you get a little bit of a online presence at least by strongman standards uh, you know, people are just asking me how to start and I just, and I knew how hard it was for me to figure out how to get into the sport. So I'm like, there's just like, once you're in it, everyone knows like, Oh, this guy lives over here and he has this, or, you know, this guy puts on this contest every year in this town and, you know, nationals, you know, if you go here, it'll be there. But like, no one was compiling this information anywhere. And it was, it was all word of mouth and strongman was not good at using the internet they've gotten a lot better like they all have popular youtube channels and stuff but it was almost like don't go online there was some resources <laughs> like uh the maroon day muscle form was big oh yeah but yeah. it was you know that went you know after he died it kind of um started to dwindle and so i just uh you know i said you know if i wanted to help people get into the sport and have something that could probably turn into a viable business it seemed like uh 
just making the name starting strongman was, uh, you know, I, I did Google trends searches and it, the SEO was probably, I figured would be good, uh, for that to be the website name and end up being the business and, uh, just trying to put those kind of resources together, like where to find a gym, um, what to do if you don't have this piece of equipment, you know, just all the basic questions that people kept asking me. I just tried to put in one place for people to find it and introduce more people to the sport, uh, you know, so they could enjoy it the same way I had. And at some point this became like your full-time job, right? Yeah. Well, because, you know, I was competing, you know, and I was, you know, getting really serious about it. And I, I always wanted it to be my full-time job. I worked in agriculture in uh, the Salinas Valley, and that's not what I wanted to do with my whole life. It's not something like I, I felt fulfilling or, you know, what I was good at. You know, it's, you're, everyone wants to try to figure out a way to what they feel like they can actually provide value to the world to turn that into a living. And that's what I wanted to do, a strongman. And I got invited to compete at China's Strongest Man as a guest lifter because they wanted an under 200-pound American because they took over some pros like Robert Oberth, Mike Burke, um, Josh Thigpen. But, you know, and then they, they thought, like, someone who's under 200 pounds would be comparable to their heavyweights. Mm. Uh, so, they you know, they, they didn't want every American to beat everyone. So they invited me over, and my, my boss wouldn't give me any uh, wouldn't give me the time off, even though I had way more than enough vacation time. So I just said I quit. So <laughs> it had to become a full-time job. <laughs> and how long ago was that now? That was uh, 2013, uh, like September. Yeah. And then I, I made the, I made the Facebook group in December of 2013 then launched the website in uh, April of 2014, right after uh, my last appearance at the, at the Arnold for strongman. So you were pretty much right on the moment then, like, because things started, the strength world thing started to rise in like 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was just a lot of work. Like not, you know, I think I got some good luck here and there and things came together, but I didn't have, that was the money I got paid for going to China to live off of. And, you know, I think I was coaching like five people online, like, Mm. like for like, 75 bucks a month or something. Um, you know, and I, I think I got $3,000 for going to China. Um, but thankfully my wife had a good job and she just, she, she just, uh, you know, I, she basically supported me for like three years as this, uh, started to go and I started to build up enough reputation and the sport grew enough to where I could make a living doing, um, you know, full-time online coaching for strongman. And, you know, now we sell, you know, some eBooks and, manuals because you know you can put all the information out there if it's if you're not making any money then i'd have to go get a real job right um you know and i coach some crossfit and stuff in there just because that was the only gyms that would hire me with because i have no (laughs) traditional uh you know background in in uh strength training other than competing in strongman and you know self-taught basically from you know the internet youtube and seminars and stuff like that yeah, but that's a lot of it never, now, you know? Like, there's obviously these PhDs in nutritional science and exercise science that, that are getting great information, but some of the best powerlifting coaches, strongmen, and probably even uh, Olympic weightlifting uh, have no real traditional background. Even some of the best CrossFit coaches, potentially, you know? Like, because because it's that group of people that were probably on T-Nation sharing ideas, and, and I was similar to you in, like, 2000, 
2009 to 2014, I literally just read every single article, video, and and not even, there weren't even podcasts, so just videos and articles that I could on the internet from anybody I thought was even semi-legit, you know, let alone the hours of, of coaching yourself and um, putting putting your own time in the gym. But that's the only way you can really learn any of this, no little, because I got a certificate, I got a NASM certificate, but they don't teach you nothing. Yeah. Basically, you're just yeah, paying think- for the certificate. Yeah, that, that's how I, I learned too. I just, I mean, and you know, who, who's going to teach you to do strongman back then? Like, yeah, right. the only real way to learn it was by competing and being around people and you'd travel to different gyms and training groups. And this guy would tell you like some secret. And I, I remember it would blow my mind. So like, I'm like, geez, like that, that little thing made all the difference on how to load an Atlas stone. And then, you know, you put up a, a video on how like these little things or like how to mimic an event and, you know, I probably didn't even invent any of this stuff, but I just would put it out there and like almost people wanted to guard it in a way. It was so weird. And there's some, a lot of, you know, kickback from me publicizing it. I don't know why it was. It's just, you know, it was the same with powerlifting. There's a, people yeah. real old school um, back then. And now just, you know, every gym has, you, there's not a, enough space to put every tripod in them. It's a, it's a whole <laughs> other world, but you know, yeah, that's true. yeah for the better, uh, the better or the worse. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, it goes both ways. That's for sure. Yeah, it is insane uh, how, yeah, just... how it's grown. I, uh, Alan Thrall. I don't know if you know Untamed Strength, probably, but he uh, mm-hmm. he put on a strongman competition like I don't know a month ago or something. And I've been to tons of big powerlifting meets, weightlifting meets, obviously the Arnold and stuff. And uh, the crowd that was there was absolutely insane in some suburb of Sacramento. I don't know how many people. Over a hundred for sure. His gym's pretty big now, and it's absolutely packed for this backyard strong i don't think it was like any qualifier or anything i think it was just a backyard strong meet. local meet yeah it was wild there's girls like two two or three different ladies weight classes two or three guys weight classes probably over 50 competitors and yeah probably hundreds of viewers it was wild for me to see because like we said like it's it's most popular um sport perhaps because of espn etc etc but by far the least amount of people actually participate in it yeah, and Alan's a great example. Just if you watch his growth, how he's grown, you know, with the sport and the sport's grown with him. Like I went to his original gym he had, and I think he's on like the third or fourth, and it was like is the size of like my office I'm yeah. sitting in right now. And you know, he had me up to he had a contest up there, and he had me and uh, Robert Oberst up to do a seminar up there in Sacramento. And you know, we barely had enough room to do anything. And now you know he has this big old gym, and there's you know, he's hosting these big competitions with tons of people. And, you know, it's just, if anyone would have told him back then that you, that that was possible, they would say no. And that's kind of the same thing with me is like, I, I can't tell you how many people told me I, I was crazy for trying to make a living in strongman. Um, but when you, once you get into the industry, you, you realize that there's people that were already making a living in it. You know, someone has to put on the shows and they have to pay the bills. Um, you know, and by being able to, I've, you know, been able to provide a lot more resources and I answer so many questions for free online, um, just for that reason. Cause that's how everything got started too. Like, you know, and you're, I'm able to do that because, you know, it's my business is basically doing that and helping more people get in the sport. And it's, it's fun to see, like, you know, you get tons of messages from people, uh, you know, even like they did their first contest three years ago and they had no idea before they found it before. Or, uh, you know, they found me or starting strong and and uh, I'm just thankful that uh, I get to be in that position. 
you um so you started the the Facebook group and like what was that like at the beginning like how many people were you pulling in on a monthly basis and like when it, did it start it grew to really pretty grow? quick because I had um it, it grew pretty quick because like it was it was needed and you know I like ideally I would have had it started another forum but by then you know forums are dead right. and I tried I had a forum on my website forever and it was like me and me um you know there'd be like some comment here and there but i think there was like a thousand people pretty quick and then you know it kind of just grew with the sport nothing i've ever done has been like some huge spike it's all just been just grinding and grinding and just get a you know just enough to you know keep growing and and survive um but i had started some other like strongman based facebook groups before like i started one just for lightweights because i was competing as a lightweight which was under 175 pounds and that was like uh, pretty much a new division back then um so i just wanted to like get everyone connected and raise awareness of that and i actually had because i used the name that um the federation trademarked I actually had to give them control of the group but uh, anyways you know, so once I did that and I just put all, you know, I had plenty of time. I didn't have a job. So I just did that all day. Didn't have clients. Um, and I'd have to go back and look, but I think it got, you know, 5,000, 10,000 members pretty quick. And it kind of stayed right around there until re- this past year. Um, everything really exploded with around 2016 is when Strongman started to explode. You know, we had Eddie Hall was he was just promoting everything so much. The 500 kilogram deadlift just brought all these eyes into strongman. His giant live. They started to put, you know, a kind of more of a online presence with that there. You know, they're trying to sell pay-per-views to watch Jim deadlift 500 kilos. He won. He had the documentary. We had the born strong documentary Hathors and game of Thrones. Like, you know, there's just a lot of media putting eyeballs on the sport. And then when they, you know, someone sees a little bit of that and they go, Oh, how do I get started? Uh, there's a good chance they're going to find, uh, you know, starting strongman. So, you know, I've, I've helped build it in a lot of ways for that, you know, by having that base and, you know, the, the big guys doing all the big stuff is, you know, trickled down to me, of course, too. Yeah. It seems like uh, some of those so, guys yeah, around 2016, is... it seems like some of those big dogs, uh, because the, 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 they th- probably thought similar to you and other people that you can't really make a living in this sport. And a lot of them did have jobs probably up until 2015. Uh, and then now all of them are, are some of the biggest YouTube channels, some of the biggest Instagram uh, pages out there in fitness because of not only their feats of strength, but the content they put out. People want to see freaks do freaky things. Uh, same reason why they want to watch the competition. Now people are watching on the daily. Um, and it was just a little bit later than maybe powerlifting, uh, even though it, it is bigger. Uh, but powerlifting, kind of YouTube and stuff, started to take off 2012 13 14 um bodybuilding's kind of always cruised along um but it seems like strongman like all those guys on instagram have millions of followers it's insane yeah it's nuts i remember sitting in a hotel room with you know my good friend robert oberst in 2012 right before he won his pro card and telling him he has to get into instagram and he fought me with it for hours <laughs> you know and now he's got a tv show and he's you know 500 something thousand followers on instagram and yeah, going on Joe Rogan. You know, yeah, he's on he's on Joe Rogan all the time doing. Telling me not to know, deadlift. The... What the fuck, Robert? <laughs> what the fuck is I, going I tell on? I him not dude? to deadlift. <laughs> Just don't tell me to do bicep curls. Is that how I'm going to be able to flip kegs? What the fuck's going on with your guys' sport? 
he, yeah, it, I mean, he knows what he's doing. That 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 clip went viral. So <laughs> I know it was one smart. Way. Yeah, that that went crazy. But you know, the, the context is it's like if you know if he was saying if you're like a football player, if you're training someone to do anything but a sport that involves deadlifting, maybe don't deadlift. But o, Obi's always been real good at not saying he just says things bluntly in the way that's going to make people react and you know i kind of try to do it in the more political way <laughs> well that's <laughs> or, us too you know, this like is well, the, well maybe this maybe that this is the thing that we have in common we try to be more political and try to not be we're not we're not screaming from the rooftops and other people can get away with it and it works for them i just don't know that it does it doesn't work for everybody yeah maybe if i was six six with a beard i could do yeah, it yeah yeah yeah, he's a he's a big dude. So, what was it like then, kind of managing that that group? And I guess like one of the problems with online forums is that people are just fucking awful and can't or can be awful, and and uh, you know unsupportive and be so uh, particularly new people can be so bought into a particular point of view that they can't they can't see the forest for the trees. Like, how, what was it like to manage that? In a in the in the you're talking about like like not being you're talking about being more political, more you know kinder. So how, what was that like? You know it, it's tough. You know uh, keeping you know now twenty five, maybe it's up to twenty six thousand people, um, not ripping each other's heads off online is is tough. But it was actually harder in the beginning because you're trying to establish like what the group represents, what the whole community feel should be. And I, you know, I've, I've been on the internet since I was born. Like I think, you know, basically so, so I was in plenty of forums and stuff and so you, you get to see kind of how things can devolve very quickly. And what I found is it's always from like one or two people just, just stirring up shit, mm. you know, so I was definitely more lenient starting when I was starting with people, but now like I can just, I can spot it a mile away if someone's that person and they just don't care and whatever, and they're just going to cause problems and they're gone quick. <laughs> Fan you know, and I'm, Oh, real quick. I, I don't, you know, for, and, and for better or worse and every now and then someone will message me and they'll be like, Hey, uh, you know, I was drunk. I was this, and I'm. You know, usually I'll ignore it, but sometimes I'll let them back in. But what I found is, I, I just ignore those too because you, you, uh, you, you start to talk to that person, and then all they start to do is just say why you're awful and like how I don't know anything about strongman and this, like real right away after you like delete a post or remove them. I'm like, okay, like you know, if the person doesn't respect me, they can they. I always tell them, I'm like, you're free to say whatever you want on your own Facebook wall. You know, it, it's, it's your own problem if no one's going to see it. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I, I think you, you really have to just set a clear narrative on what's allowed and what's not allowed. And you got to be real strict about it. I mean, it's like managing children a lot of the time, but you know, there's some good people too. And, and you gotta, you can't make it so bad. Like there has to be a little bit of ball busting. Um, but yeah, you just have to stay. And I think it comes from the top down. And one of the other problems I see, like I don't, I only have like one or two other moderators or admins. As I've seen over the years, you add someone like as a moderator to a Facebook group. Now they feel more important than everyone else in it. 
and they start, you know, cracking jokes on people and belittling other people. Mm. And so I've just been real cautious on um, allowing anyone else than myself to have much involvement. And, you know, that's definitely put a lot more, you know, workload and strain on me, but you know, it's, it's going strong. Like it's been around six years, you know, we just had the the Super Bowl ad, which was crazy. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. I I figured we're going into that. Yeah. How did that come about? You know, just like everything, you get some weird message request on Facebook in your other folder that seems like spam and someone's going to lock you up in a trunk if you, you know, you actually go and meet them. But every now and then those things end up being legitimate. And that's exactly how it happened is I just had a, a random message in my, you know, message request from some random person saying that they wanted to cast me for Facebook for a commercial. And if I had time to talk to them and I did, well, I mean, probably dozens of phone interviews they ran a background check on me. They had to do this one. I, I thought once they told me they were doing this, I thought there was no way the guy called me and he said, so we, we ran a, um, an internet search to see if you've ever put like anything bad out online, you know, like that wouldn't go, that, that they'd be ashamed of, you know, like that they wouldn't want coming out. Someone who was associated with Facebook. And he's like, I have some tweets for you oh. that, uh, you, we, we don't like, and I was like, Oh, and he's like, can I read them off? I'm going to read them off to you. And you, you, you might want to go and delete them. And I'm like, Oh, what's it going to say? What's it going to say? And it ended up being like such nothing. <laughs> <laughs> there are like five of them. I'm like, man, you, you need to hire some new people. Cause, um, it was just like, like, uh, Joey Diaz, like retweets. I did. I'm like, I didn't even tweet that, but I just like liked it and retweeted it. It's just like, you know, but and then uh, yeah so it ended up being legitimate I had to sign all kinds of things and they flew me to Los Angeles they actually went the first time and they canceled the shoot in the middle of my flight you know in in Monterey California Los Angeles is a long flight so and I just went right back and we uh, rescheduled it and and then I you know I wasn't very happy when I landed and they still wanted me to do it after I yelled at them Um, but and, and, you know, and then uh, got some other people from the group involved, uh, like Anthony Furman, who's on the Titan Games, Brittany Diamond, you know, she was front and center on it. She's a pro strong woman. And, uh, yeah, then they had that. I actually ended up doing two of them, one on Friday and one on Sunday. And it, it just keeps popping up. It's really weird to see, uh, you know, your face and the business you've been created, like, uh, plastered everywhere over social media and all these, you know, I mean, it's playing on everything like Hulu. It was a, it was the leaderboard ad that auto played on YouTube all Super Bowl Sunday, you know, and I go on YouTube to like, look at my client's videos and I keep checking and I keep going. I keep seeing my face before it disappears. I'm like, it it was interesting, but man, you know, it's a, it's a good position to be in because, you know, I can't even think of like, how much money they put behind that ad campaign. And, you know, I, I mean, the funny thing is I've never bought a Facebook ad. So <laughs> like, I have, everyone don't. tells me I need to use Facebook advertising. I think I did it once. Like I, I spent like 20 bucks on it and I, I, I didn't like it. And I just decided it's not something I'm going to do, but um, you know, the Facebook paid to advertise for me, which is 
which is a, it's a, a you know, I'm ha- happy it happened. It's just, uh, there's no real rhyme or reason why it happened. But I think what I've done this whole time is anytime there's been any sort of opportunity, I've made sure to try to see it through. And a lot of them go nowhere, uh, but you have to be open to them, especially in such a niche sport and, you know, something like niche of a niche of a niche, like strongman is, you know, if you're not, if you don't jump at any little thing that can happen, that you're just, you're not going to, nothing's going to change. You're just going to keep doing the same thing. Anything uh, crazy happened over the last two weeks then? Is there, was there a crazy spike or anything in, in, uh, on the page? Yeah, there's been, there's been like a 10% growth in uh, members. But, you know, the problem is like I, and it's fun because like I go through the request and it says how they, how they found it. And, you know, it's funny when you keep seeing Super Bowl commercial, Super Bowl commercial. You know, so that's kind of cool to read. And, you know, it's also like they played it on the, the Oscars even. I'm, there, there wasn't very many that said the Oscars. I don't think that's the target <laughs> audience for Strongman. But, uh, you know, they played it during a UFC 247, and there was a lot of those. That's, that's a, you know, pretty linear kind of group of people. But, you know, it's been uh, good for, for ebook sales and, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, ha- had a good month. And it's always nice. I just moved across the country. So, you know, once you get done moving, it's, it's nice to have a little, a little cushion after all those expenses. I was going to say, yeah, you moved to Tennessee, right? Man, I, I just can't, I can't afford to give my son the same kind of life I had in California. I grew up on like a 60 acre horse ranch, just running around with dirt bikes and quads and, and stuff. And, you know, then the, the only house I, I could afford you know, in the, you know, like strongman pays my bills, but it doesn't pay the bills, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, I make a, a decent living, but you know, California is crazy. And, you know, I, I was just living in town and it was driving me crazy. It was driving me nuts. Just seeing people walk by my house. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I've always enjoyed living in the country and looking out at trees and, you know, just, uh, when your, when your job is a hundred percent online and remote based, you look at, where's cheap to live that you could tolerate to live and just been looking all over pretty much since we bought our house in California three years ago. Cause that's not how I wanted to spend the rest of my life and decided to move over to Tennessee and so far so good. I mean, you know, it's not sunny every day It's 68 and sunny every day, but you know, as, as you both know, the sunshine ain't free. No, that's absolutely true. It's, it is expensive to live in California for sure. Especially well, some of the rural areas, if you don't want to live like, up in the you know north then maybe it's not so bad but like you were in a very prime area of california a place where a lot of people yeah. live yeah and, and it's it's you know it's grown a lot and it's great and i love it i don't think there's any better place on earth but like the, the way i see it it's like you're gonna live in california and live in like a rural area like why won't you just live in texas then then you like it's gonna be even cheaper and you still have cheaper taxes and everything like you know if you're if if you're living in California, you got to live in like, you should be near, you know, near an ocean to me if you're going to pay the sunshine tax. <laughs> well, that's the thing people don't understand about California. California is, uh, it's more than one place. Everyone the, thinks um, LA. Yeah. yeah. Because the, the rural parts of California are, are like you said, like Texas or whatever, or, or the Midwest and the, the farm country is definitely like parts of the Midwest for sure. And then, um, the cities are, 
you know, variations on the big cities in the world. I don't know. San Francisco is a little little bit Seattle, and L.A. is L.A. I don't know. Yeah, but even L.A., besides the beach, isn't that different than Houston? No, not really. Culturally, sure. More food and different food and different yeah. types of people, but the basics, kind of the same. And when you work online, you just need some internet and a couple kegs to toss, buddy. Yeah, that's all. And now I got room to do it. Got two and a half acres out here, and that's awesome. You know, I got I got to go try to over in Cooksville, Tennessee. So I got to go hunt down Rich Froning some someday. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, so, if someone is getting interested in strongman, how would you suggest that they get started? You know, the, the first thing they should really do is you, you need to find a gym that has strongman stuff. I wrote a book on how to train strongman in a regular gym. Um, you know, and I did that just because it's such a common question. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I say in it, like, if you have access to a gym, I don't like I drove easy an hour and a half one way to go. Um, but not just getting your hands on the equipment. You're going to be around people that already do it. That's the best thing to do. Um, but you should really do that and just sign up for a contest quick. Uh, you know, I think then you kind of get under the ball, like then you have to do it. Right. Yeah. Like everyone waits like, Oh, I'm not strong enough for this. And, and you got to realize that there's novice contests. Mike went to the contest at untamed strength and you know, did, everyone there didn't look like Brian Shaw, you know, there's, yeah, there's people of all, all, yeah, there's some people of all shapes and sizes. And there's people like me when I'm started where, you know, people are like, what are you doing here for sure? <laughs> but then they, you know, you train for a bit and you, you can get decent. You know, I, I didn't win my first show till I'd competed for five years. Um, but, you know, just sign up for, you know, go, go online, you know, go to, you know, on startingstrongman.com, you can find events, you can find gyms, find a contest, you know, then, and, and find a gym near you and you'll be set to go. The, the, and even if you just go like once a month to train events and the place is two hours away, it's worth it. Like if I lived back where I did and untamed strength was the only place near me three hours away, I would have done that. I would have went, I would have been up there at least once a month if I was still like into it. Like when I started, if there was a place that had everything like that, I drove to Sacramento before to train just for fun. You know, that's part of being 23. <laughs> Take advantage of it while you can. Now I, I didn't, it's February. I just left the house for the first time and it's, this month and it's like the ninth today <laughs> you know? um, like me. <laughs> oh man I'm, like i was telling my wife i'm like hey i think it's the eighth and i haven't like went to the store or anything can like i go get groceries <laughs> but yeah anyways just you know and just focus on the basics you can get really strong doing you know overhead pressing deadlifting squatting uh it you know yeah, even deadlifting and, you know, even some bench, strong men do bench. That's a big misunderstanding. You know, people say they don't. It's just not the, it's not the competition lifts. These treat it like an accessory. Uh-huh. Um, some of the things as far as programming wise that need to be taken more into account is I think people need to do more single leg work hmm. because if you look like if you're doing like a yoke walk or a farmer's walk, you're driving off of each leg independently a lot more than doing a static lift, like just a squat, like in powerlifting. So you see people, and I have this problem where you squat a lot of weight and then you start to try to walk with weight and you look like Bambi, you're all over the place because you can't drop, like, because I, I realized one of my quads was, my left quad was two inches bigger than my right. Whoa. You know, and I was like, 
And once someone told me like, oh, just do some walking, some barbell walking lunges. And I could do like 275 on one leg and then I do 135 and buckle on the other. And I'm like, oh, no wonder I can't yoke walk. <laughs> Maybe I should do less yoke walk and just work on making my body like functionally sound. Um, you know, and if you do get your hands on the implements, uh, don't go crazy heavy. You know, you should focus on your technique first. Remember, most of them are either, most contests you're going to go to, especially at amateur, like a novice amateur level, are going to be for reps and for time. So you have to get fast at the moving event and you have to have good conditioning and definitely do your cardio. But, you know, the, the best thing to do is just find whoever's the closest place to you. And even if you can go there once a month, just go. Like you can either, you can, you can give yourself reasons why, or you can figure out why it won't work, or you can find, figure out solutions on how to make it work. You know, and, and that's what, that's what I did. I, I drove at least an hour and a half each way um, to up to Santa Cruz to train every time I could, and then slowly bought my own, my own equipment. And it's gotten a lot more affordable, you know, and you don't, you don't need that much stuff. If you get like other than your basic gym stuff, if you get a log, some farmer's walk, a yoke and some sandbags and an axle, you can get all of that for, you know, you can piece that together and probably under 1500 bucks. And you're with that stuff. You're set to train for just about any contest. So, I mean, you're how much time, how much of the time have you trained alone? What was that? How much of the time have you trained alone? Oh, alone? Man, it's probably 99% of it. Um, I had some stints where I trained with other people, but that's how most strongman were. Like, you know, we go to like either our, you know, garage gyms during the week or some normal commercial gym and we'd do our gym work and then you'd all meet at a gym that wasn't, I, you know, it wasn't, centrally located to go to every day after work but you could go on a saturday or a sunday and it was fun man like even if you do train alone like i had all this stuff at my house i'd still go to train with with my buddies like Mm -hmm. you know and we just do it for like five hours we didn't train for five hours most of it was yelling at each other arguing about what something weighed and saying this guy's math was wrong or (laughs) or something but that was the fun part but yeah almost all of it was alone and um and I know plenty of people that trained alone and have won national championship. I mean, Zadrunas Savickas trained trains alone. He's done okay. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, he's you know you know. I mean, like who who knows what he could have done if he'd been surrounded by people who were <laughs> probably driving him partner. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, th- thanks very much for being on with us. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah, just startingstrongman.com. Uh, store.startingstrongman.com for all the ebooks and you know programs for strongman and you know gear wrist straps all that all that junk and at starting strongman across social media you know there's starting strongman facebook group and if people want to see pictures of my you know videos of my mediocre lifting lots of pictures of my kid then you can follow me at let tail lift your kid is adorable hello could you hear me uh, barely. Oh, okay. I said your kid is adorable. Thank you. He's the best. <laughs> Took him to gymnastics for the first time today. So yeah. We'll, we'll see. Where, we'll see. Where, oh, he hated it because he didn't get you know because it's structured. He doesn't get to just play on everything. <laughs> right. But 
<laughs> yeah, my <laughs> my fun. my grandkids are are just just a tiny little bit older than than Sterling, and they do gymnastics because they live in an area where the weather is terrible. You indoor know, sports only. Yeah, in, <laughs> indoor sports only mostly, and uh, yeah, they have the same the same issue. Like uh, last time I talked to um, my son about. Um, about my two and a half year old grandson going to gymnastics. That that was exactly the complaint. It's like he didn't want to do whatever he wanted to do at the time that or ever they wanted him to do at the time that they wanted him to do it. He was very, very upset. <laughs> That's pretty much how it goes for everything with a toddler though, right? Yeah, exactly. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Well thanks very much and congratulations on the uh the the Facebook ad Super Bowl. That's awesome. We don't know anybody else who's done anything like that. Not even close. <laughs> they'll, cl- they'll probably still be running it. They're putting up different stuff every day. So that's awesome. But you know, I appreciate it. It's great talking to you guys, and you know, want to do it for years. And glad we, we got a chance to do it. Yeah, 100%, man, hundred percent. Thanks too. for taking the time. Uh, thanks, let, thanks, Mike. Yep, ladies and gentlemen, uh, be sure to give a rating and review on iTunes everywhere else. That helps us a ton. I'm Salam Mike, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Find me there. I am at DJ McD on all the social media. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter. We are at 50% Facts, where percent is a word. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>